Hello everybody, this is Captain Katz and welcome to another episode of Red Shoe Shoots where we talk about wrestling every time, all the time. And here with me, of course, is We Are Katz. Yo-ho! And making his grand return to the ring, Omega Kai. Uh-huh. It's, you know, Chris Candido number eight. <laughs> Chris Man, Candido. Alright, well, still it's great to have you back on the show. Okay, so we got a lot of things to talk about wrestling. Uh, first and foremost, um, happy birthday to the late, great American dream, the son of a plumber, Dusty Rhodes. His, birth, uh, his birthday passed on uh, over the weekend. And also, uh, Taz, the original ECW alumni, his birthday was, ironically, on the same day as Dusty Rhodes. So, happy birthday to them both. Wait, wait, that, how's that ironic? How, why would that be ironic? <laughs> uh, ironic because, okay, so you had Dusty Rhodes, quite possibly, like, you know, one of the great American wrestlers. And then you have Taz, you know, came out of nowhere. And just be, and made a name for himself in his own right, you know. But That's he ironic. went. Well, no, so, well, to me, it's ironic. It's like okay, so like Taz, he, okay, he like we saw his career. We saw Taz's career going through ECW and everything like that. And then afterwards, he went to WWE, where you know, let's just face it, they just misused him completely. Um, but you know, um, and then same thing. And then with Dusty Rhodes, you know, he he started in the low, uh, you know. Like local promotions, indie promotions, you know, back when, um, back in the territory days and everything, and made a name on himself over the years and stuff like that until he made it up to WWE, where he was actually used. But even though sometimes, um, even Vince didn't know what he was, what he, what he could have done with them, um, he still made a name for himself. So they were just more parallel than irony. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Well, why did you say that then? Because I'm an idiot, alright? Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. There we go. Alright. Oh, good. It's great to have you back. Okay. Well, so, at least I'm, I'm going to vote for you for president next time. Alright. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we got like a, a lot of talk about for wrestling. First and foremost, uh, the WWE draft. A lot of things happened. Some people liked it. Some people didn't like it. So we're just going to go through each brand. We're just going to make this quick and easy. And we're just going to go for the people who moved to Raw. So first and foremost. Uh, this was on SmackDown, right? This was on SmackDown. The second half of the draft is going to be um, as of recording tomorrow on Monday on Raw. So that's when they're going to do the second half. Okay, so for those who are now officially on Raw are the following. Drew McIntyre. Asuka. The Hurt Business, that consists of MVP, Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, and Shelton Benjamin. AJ Styles, Naomi, uh, Nia Jackson, and uh, Sasha, and Shayna, uh, Shayna Baszler, Ricochet, Mandy Rose, uh, The Miz, and John Morrison, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods, which officially breaks up the New Day, Dana Brooke, Angel Garza, and then on Talking Smack, right after SmackDown, we have Umberto Carrillo, Drew Gulak, and Tucker. Okay. So what do you think of those people moving to Raw so far? Yeah, I didn't know they weren't on Raw in the first place. 
<laughs> well, he did some repeats because the pre-draft, like for example, with Drew McIntyre, he was on Raw, so he stayed on Raw. But um, like for example, like like, AJ, like, like one uh, like for example, AJ Styles, he was originally on SmackDown. Now he went to Raw. But there was but there's legitimate uh, heat with between him and Paul Heyman, where apparently they couldn't see eye to eye, and so AJ requested the transfer to Raw. Okay, it's... Or is that the backstory? Or that's the work story? No, it's a legitimate story. Supposedly. Yeah, well... Who knows? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now, here are the names of the people that are are on right now, as of now, um, on SmackDown. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman, Seth Rollins, uh, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Jey Uso, Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic, uh, Big E, Otis, Murphy, and Calistico. Those are those are now on SmackDown. Now here are the list of the wrestlers that are still eligible to move to either or brand as of tomorrow. We have Andrade, Bailey, Aleister Black, Alexa Bliss. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Carmella, King Corbin, Apollo Cruz, Nikki Cross, uh, Daba Kanto, Dolph, uh, Dolph Ziggler with Robert Roode, Elias, Eric, Lacey Evans, Charlotte Flair, Jeff Hardy, uh, Billy Kay, Lana, Keith Lee, Riddick Moss, Natalia, Titus O'Neil, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, R Truth, Retribution, eh. Uh, Matt Riddle, The Riot Squad, Peyton Royce, Arturo Roos, Sheamus, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, The Street Profits, Braun Strowman, Tamina, Akira Tozawa, Selena Vega, Bray Wyatt, Sami Zayn, and Lars Sullivan. Okay. So, who would you like to see move from brand? Or go to a specific which brand? brand? Uh, which brand is Ricochet? Okay, Ricochet is... Let me see. Where are Can you? I see again? No, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Or he could just go back into the Indies. Oh yeah, I heard. Um, well, his contract, you know, all the speculation. So I'm just curious where he, where he would go. Yeah, we'll love to see that. Okay, so did I miss his name? Or maybe they already drafted. No, 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 no. Oh, he was on SmackDown. He's on SmackDown. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, Happy Birthday, Ricochet. Ah, yes, Happy Birthday. So, okay. So who would you? So where would you like uh, Ricochet? Would you would you like him to still be on SmackDown, or would you like him to go on oh, Raw? Yeah, yeah. Paul Heyman would use younger guys better than. Uh, who's in charge of Raw again? Is it uh, what's his name? The podcast. Uh, Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Love. Yeah. Butler was more of a, you know, long game yeah. kind of guy. But Ricochet's kind of fast, and, you know, he's not really a good speaker, so I'll hopefully he stays smack down. Yeah, okay. Is there anybody that you like staying where they at, or do you think they could do better elsewhere? Yeah, I think it was like Ray Ripley should at least go up to replace. Uh, but I heard, you know, all these rumors about uh, speculations that Charlotte Flair doesn't like. Adding the torture or something. 
Yeah, I heard. That's the, rumors I heard. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard rumors of that, and also that they there there was somewhat um, backstage heat between the two of them. Yeah, because to be honest, I they both are so much alike. Mm-hmm. Performance styles. So I, I guess that's the reason why they can't get along. Or there's some heat. Yeah. But I would like Ray Ripley to at least go to SmackDown or Raw. Okay. But they need more female to just. Until Becky Lynch comes back, at least. And Charlotte, because, uh, yeah, because Charlotte right now is uh, taking some time off as well. We won't even see her back until maybe sometime next year. And what's name just came back, too. Uh, Nia Jax came back. So we need more. We can't just have her, you know, but like bulldozing through people. Mm hmm. And it'd be her versus Asuka, like 50th in a row. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need more. Because uh, the female roster in WWE is fantastic. I don't see a reason why they can move her up there. Right. Yeah. Of course, you know, Io Shirai and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, especially what happened to poor Io Shirai. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Kyrie Sang's out there no more, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the women's best roster at the same time is slamming. Mm-hmm. So, I think moving Rio up there is good. Yeah. Oh, no, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rick, I, I just found Rick, uh, saw, yeah, Ricochet, no. I misread. Make it ricochets on Raw. Oh. Is he staying on Raw? Yeah. Oh. He ain't no long game player. <laughs> <laughs> this, this ain't no Sandman being blind. Four months later, comes back. Ricochet. He like. This ain't no Undertaker pulling Diesel into the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then fake Diesel comes out, or fake, or fake Undertaker out. Yeah. Yeah. Ricochet's not a long game, but it's more like ROH style. Right. New Japan style. You know, yeah. Realistic drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That, to be honest, I, I'm not a fan of the draft. <laughs> no one is, especially, too, that they officially broke up the New Day and also Heavy Machinery. Uh, Big E's going to be stuck in SmackDown. Uh, Kofi and Xavier's going to go to Raw. So... Um, so a lot of people are saying either they're going to split them up. The reason why they're splitting them up is because they want to give Big E that singles push that everybody's saying that he should have got years ago. Well, to be fair, they're doing the right thing. You yeah. got pushed and you can't make them. But then again, Bret Hart was pushed and all his homies were right behind him. Yeah, the Hart founders. So. I don't see um, why he couldn't have a big E push. Mm-hmm. Him, him and Kofi Kingston break up a little, have a little going for the title between friends, you know, kind yeah. of stuff. And then make him two singles uh, athletes who happen to be the same faction. Mm-hmm. Kind of like DX. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because everybody DX was a champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... All right. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not a fan of the draft in general. Mm-hmm. Also, it's the same company. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is the epiphany coming out. I was like, are, are we, okay, so the Chargers drafting for the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like NFL drafting, uh, what, just all AFC West, two AFC West players? It's, 
MMOs, I guess. Yeah, pretty like much. Playing on Tuesday instead you playing on Sunday. This is it. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Same team playing on different days. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of. There's a you see this. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be into it. I, you know, kayfabe why I was like, oh yeah, I'm excited. Back of my head, like this is fake. <laughs> <laughs> the draft was the most fake thing ever, and they have this. You know, remember the war room? Yeah. Fighting and scrambling, and it's like, oh man, don't even, don't try it. Nobody cares. It's already been predetermined. Mm-hmm. And these guys are just actors. Pretending. They're probably ordering pizza. They're like, <laughs> asking for toppings, and nobody wants. To admit, like nobody wants your topping. So yeah. You compromise, and eight hours later, they finally decide pepperoni. That mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> I know it's harsh, but it's it, that's what I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fake draft in the company with wrestling. Come on, I'm sorry. <laughs> imagine Broadway doing that. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine, like, okay, uh. We're going to draft you for Cats this week. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I'm the star from Hamilton. No. Mm-mm. But I'm supposed to do uh, Phantom of the Opera. Not anymore. Uh, we draft you. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to be doing number three. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a small role. Oh, well. <laughs> Don't worry, man. We, we need you to build up that row. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we need name recognition. I just walk over there and snatch a purse. Yeah, but you do with pizzazz. <laughs> We're going to make you the best Mr. Whiskers that no one has ever played. Yeah. It was weird. Even from Cat's name, Dumbledore or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, WWE for you folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what the draft is. It's, it's Broadway. Drafting. <laughs> oh, God. Alright, moving on right along from Fantasyland to reality. New Japan. Alright, so... Uh, like we've been reporting to you guys the, the entirety of the G1, comp- uh, the G1 Climax. And as of now, they have already have five days... Five matches left. Five nights left, actually. And as of now... Well, actually four, to be honest. Um, as of now, we're just going to read to you... Who are still mathematically... And a hunt for each for each block. Because they've already determined who can still win the whole thing and who can't. So for block A? Yes. For block A, here are the following people who are still still available to win. Tied in first place is the group of Kota Ibushi, Jay White, uh, Kazuchika Okada, and Will Ospreay. They are all uh, with 10 points, and they are in. And everyone else that I'm going to mention, you know, a bunch of second places and one third place, they are all mathematically out. (laughs) I'm not kidding. The the rest are mathematically out, and I'm talking about Taichi, um, Shingo Takagi, uh, Minoru Suzuki, Tomoro Ishii, and even though he won, Jeff Cobb is uh, mathematically out. And uh, Yujiro Takahashi. So all of those guys, from Taiji to Takahashi, they are out. Mathematically. They're still going to fight. They could probably take some people down with them, but uh, it's it's between Ibushi, uh, Jay White, uh, Okada, and Osprey. Okay. So there's four of these guys left. There's four knights left. 
Who do you think will be the winner of Block A? I'm, I'm going to go for the odd man out. So, I'm going to go with my boy Jay White. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Jay White is like the odd man out. Everybody else is almost like a fan favorite. Yeah. And, and Jay White's only heel there. So. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> that's very true. Just by that fact alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody's going to be rooting against him. And you need a heel to go in the, against a uh, block D. Block B winner. No, yeah. A, yeah, believe, you know. Mm-hmm. And by that logic, so B has to be a good guy. <laughs> okay, this is okay. This is the prediction that I said um, in the beginning of this, before the tournament started, when they when they announced who was going to be block A and block B. I said that the winner, the final is going to be uh, Jay White going against Evil because Evil is in block B, because yeah. they have that long term storyline of who's the official leader of Bullet Club, and these and the and the club is right now divided in half. So there's no de facto leader of the Bullet Club. Yeah, but it's it's you want to save that for a bigger pay per view, though, don't you? No, because the winner of this will get an automatic title shot and headline Wrestle Kingdom next year. Yeah, but don't you still want to save that Evil versus Jay White like the next pay per view precursor? Mm, maybe. Well, save it long game wise. Yeah. Well, long game wise, I think they could build it up more and maybe head it out to Dominion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sting, that could. Yeah. Sting was in the Raptors for almost like a year. Yeah, I think he was reading a magazine or something, but he was there for a year. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I'm thinking Jay White versus Naito. All right. Just, just because you know, good guy, bad guy. Okay. And <laughs> then for Block B, here are the listings for Block B. As, as I guess Naito's on top, right? I bet he's top somehow. Oh. All right, tied for first place is Evil with 10 points okay. and Naito, even though he lost his match, uh, he, he's still up with 10 points. So Naito was big time number one, he's tied with Evil, number one, first place. They're both in. And tied for second place is Hiroki Goto, Zack Sabre Jr., and Sanada. They're all tied with eight points, they're in. And uh, tied for third place, but the only one of the group who is mathematically in is the surprise Toru Yano. Even though he lost, no, he's no. he he has six points. He has six points. Well, to me, he did. He, he I think he he beat it evil. <laughs> yeah. No, he beat it evil. He beat it Sonata, and, and that was like, and what? he beat it uh, Goto. That's the only reason why he's mathematically in. Yep, he's in. And the rest of the people, I will say, uh, they are mathematically out. And we are talking about. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, for some reason, uh, he is not in. Probably because of the win-loss record. Uh, Juice Robinson as well, he's not in. The, he's not uh, mathematically in. Uh, Kenta, no, even though he won his match. And in fourth place, and obviously mathematically out, is Yoshihashi with just two points. They see other faces. Yeah. So we got one, two, three, four, so, so you six got, people. Yeah, six people. Two of them are heels, uh, Evil and Zack Sabre Jr., and the rest are uh, baby faces. Naito, Goto, Sanada, and Yano. So who would you think would win Block B? Naito. That's my prediction. Naito versus, uh, what do you call it? Uh, White. White. Okay. 
I still want to. I'm st- I'm, okay, what were you gonna say? Well, it makes sense because it'd be like a white knight match. Ah, okay. Mm. So that makes one white knight though. Mm, okay. Also, I think they had a they had a grudge like uh, last year. Mm-hmm. It's this might be like the you know the final closing of it. Hmm. Yeah. And last time I saw him at the you know, Long Beach, so. <laughs> He, his ass got whoops. So I think he wants revenge. Gotcha. For the last climax. Mhm. All right. I'm still gonna stick with uh, my pick with evil. I still think they're gonna maybe try and pull this off. Um, you know, to, to be you know who's gonna be the de facto leader of Bullet Club with this. So uh, I'm still gonna pick with. I'm still gonna stick with evil. Uh, what about you? Well, I did say I would like to pick uh, Toro Yano because he was he was doing real great. Heck, he was in a, he was like in first place, like the head of the group for about two weeks. For two weeks, um, no, two ma- two nights, two, two nights, nights yeah. two nights actually. And uh, realistically, he may actually lose this one. He might go up and then he might go out. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, and um, I think realistically, it, it could be Naito. Realistically, mm. yeah, Yano's more like a comedy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know Yano's <laughs> comedy, but like I said, he he was the big surprise, and he is mathematically in because of those surprise wins. Victory it by depends com- on his DVD special if he's bringing that with him. Mm. Oh yeah, victory by lo- oh, victory by countout twice. <laughs> yeah. He beat it evil by countout. <laughs> Oh, man. He also beat his Sonata by count out. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, you gotta bring Knight. I mean, Naito and Jay White back into the picture somehow. Because they've been overdue a long, long time. Yeah, well, Naito's still the, the two belt. He's the, well, he's still two belt Naito. So if he does win this, um, he has no contender for Wrestle Kingdom. And they kind of messed up what they did with uh, Jay White when they gave him the title too soon. Yeah. So, I think now he's just, due. I think now he's ready yeah. and due with the title. So. It makes, yeah, to me it's fair. So that's, that's pretty much it. Exactly. Yeah. Those two going to be having, to be honest, those two together had great matches. Especially yeah. in 2019. So mm-hmm. I would love to see him rematch. Yeah. All right. So just to let you guys know. Night seventeen is the final is the is the final matches for block A. Night eighteen is the final matches for block B. Night nineteen, the finals are gonna take place um at the Rigoku Rigoku Kokugigan in uh, Sumida, Tokyo. Yeah, and that's the winner of Block A going against the winner of Block B. The winner of this match will uh, get a title shot for the um, for Wrestle Kingdom. So this is going to be uh, very, very, very interesting to see who's going to be uh, wrestling in that in that final right there. So, like I said, we'll keep we'll keep you guys up to date and um, tell you who's going to be the winner of this year's G One. Uh, excuse me. All right. So moving right along, um, AEW. So AEW has turned a year so far. Um, they've done a lot of great matches. They had a lot of 
um, okay matches. Not the greatest matches in the world, but still. Uh, they're okay matches, nevertheless. So, let's talk about this. What has AEW improved on? Or, like, has done better than the other than other wrestling promotions so far within this one year of existence? I know that's easy for me. The, the classic dark matches. Hmm. <laughs> WWE has... I haven't seen any WWE dark matches since, like, uh, what, the, the 90s? All these no-namers, no-jobbers. And we had one from, like, a guy with a cardboard box belt coming... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like that's not a jobber. That's just a indie guy who's who needs a job. <laughs> right. We need somebody to work the way up. You know, like to lose to the professionals, make them look good. Right. But who's a regular? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just so, actually brought somebody who was local. Right. So, like for example, AEW Dark. You really think the AD, AEW Dark, which is all a lot of these dark matches, these small matches you're talking about, with a lot of like the uh, rosters going against a lot of the. Uh, no namers. No namers. Um, that's what they've on done. On a regular to. basis, mm-hmm. no, but it's on a regular basis. Yes. Like they start recognizing these no namers, like oh crap, they might be good one day. They might be Harlem. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. Like when they yeah. first came out, or like the, when the Hardys first came out. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it feels like it. Like I, I see something special with this guy. You know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a good like a good example. Um, even Dave Meltzer gave this match. Almost five stars, and it was on dark, and it was Lee Johnson going against Ben Carter. Yeah, that was a good match. Yeah, and they're both indie I, guys. They're both indie guys, and even Meltzer gave that match a 4.75 and said that AEW needs to give Ben Carter a contract because there's nobody like him out there in the indies. Yeah, it's. And the Cooper, yeah, that's, I think that's the best part. It's like uh, it's like audition, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's 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 like well, I just love my job. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. They're not trying so hard, where they have to work on the gimmick, have to work on their interview skills, have to work right. on their um, you know like talk. Like even once you start it, you're not gonna automatically come Rick Rude on a mic. Oh right, of course. These guys are just like performing first. They're like. Oh. Yeah. Let me have fun first. See where I'm going to go and then let my character develop. You know, like the old days. Like Kurt, like Kurt Henning. Uh-huh. With, you know, AWA and suddenly keep Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Macho Man like, when he was down there and, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's what I like about Dark. It's like, I see something special with this guy or this girl. Yeah, like um, another good example. Another wrestler um, that when I saw in Dark, I said to myself, "He's gonna make it big someday," and that was Will Hobbs. I I when I saw him, he reminded me like he reminded me of Keith Lee, Tony Atlas, you know, um, and a little bit of Brian Cage. And he, you know, yes, he started out slow. He, you know, but I but I told him he's a little rough around the edges, and now. He has a contract with AEW. He had a great match against Brian Cage for the F, uh, FTW World Heavyweight Championship, which he lost, you know. But he still put a great match with Brian Cage. So it, it's like, and 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 it's like matches like that, shows like that, really 
give this platform. It's like a great platform for a lot of the for a lot of these indie people or people who are starting to, um, to you know to get their feet wet a little bit in the industry. Yeah, yeah. And it's also there's a great match between people who never thought would have great matches. Like I think the best match I've seen that two regulars was like uh, Darby Allen versus Zima from you know. Yes. Uh. Well, like, wow. There's no storyline. <laughs> There's nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really. And I'm like, hey, that's what to get. See what happens. You know, okay. <laughs> and he came. And those were great matches. It's like, mm-hmm. and then he was funny. It's they're so good. You can build a storyline after afterwards over it. Make yeah. You and stuff that people want to understand. Like, oh, he's got started out in dark. Now they're all the way in like main event, uh, whatever pay per view, double or nothing. You know. Mm-hmm. It'd be like a road to uh, you know road to perdition kind of story at the end. Justify what's going on all the way beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's why I felt about AEW. They their dark matches is they're they're just in like steps, but they're not going anywhere yet until they decide to take them somewhere. Right. Unlike WWE, where like you make steps towards something, and it might not go that way. Mm-hmm. Like you try to build Roman Reigns to be the next Rock, it ends up being the, like the next uh, Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> But it, but it turns out to end up in Saturday night uh, main event or whatever, which you see on a, on the weekend, and uh, you know you see you know big boss man going against some guy named Larry Johnson. There, one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> or Matola uh, or Matola Spicoli. <laughs> he was the ultimate WWE jobber. Yeah. ECW. Yeah. Okay. What, what about you, Kath? Like, what, what do you think? What's the best thing that they've done so far in the year? Um, solidify the uh, tag team division, especially with uh, Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers for the Triple A Escalada de la Muerte match. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, if you're doing best matches, that'd be a different story, though. Yeah. That's but as far as like the whole company as a year, um. Yeah. I kind of like the way they're developing their like uh, the new talent and the new and, and the wrestlers like you know Big Swall, you know at first I was like okay she's new well what's she gonna do, and now after a whole year she's she's uh, getting ready to uh, go against uh, Hikaru Shida for the title, in the anniversary show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that's a lot of progress. So they're starting to solidify the you know the women's division. Um, they they've already uh, so they already got the um, tag division in the palm of their hands and the, and the development developmenting storylines uh, that'll lead to like you know which led to the uh, dog collar match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like the way that they progress that. So it's not just like ah, uh, it's not like uh, WWE where it's like oh no I lost in Survivor Series but uh, for some reason well yeah we're gonna have a rematch right now. Woo! Oh, and then he, and then they win wins back the title. I, it's un it's unpredictable, and they and they like to keep it that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I hate to say this, but AEW's women's division is lacking, and they're kind of picking it back up slowly. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of like a negative, but no, but Big Swole is she's coming up. Yeah, I don't know how they do women's wrestling over there. I, don't, I can't say, so I'm not part of that decision-making process, but yeah, it that's seems true. like they need, to take, they need to take a page from Triple H at NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, they felt natural heat. 
Yeah, like um, another thing too. Um, I would have to go along with the lines of like, well, th- this is not going to be my positive. This is going to be my my one negative thing for AEW. Yeah, is like the women's division. Don't get me wrong; it's a good division. They do have a talent there. Problem is, a you know the 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 pandemic that's going on. Some of the wrestlers can't come to the United States because, uh, for example, um, uh, China, China, B Priestley, who um, we'll get to B Priestley in a bit, like uh, China, uh, B Priestley, uh, Riho, um, and some of the Japanese uh, Yoshi uh, wrestlers, uh, they can't come because of travel restrictions, you know, and they, they and then also too coming back to B Priestley, you know. Pre, uh, B Priestley um, and uh, AEW and uh, Sadie Gibbs, they they uh, mutually went their separate ways because they can't come back and wrestle because of the travel restrictions, you know. And and I felt really bad for them, but they didn't leave on negative terms. They left on positive terms, but you know, I thought Sadie Gibbs being in AEW, I thought that's great. That's great for Sadie, for for, for Gibbs. And then for B Priestley to be on AEW, people people could get to see why she's so loved in Japan. Why people haven't heard from her that don't watch Japanese wrestling. Yeah, they I'm got to her though, so. no, well, no. But I'm saying it's like you know yeah. you got to see this talent, you know. So and another thing too, with um with the with the problem with the women's wrestling is they okay they do have the wrestlers but not that much numbers they they should try to develop more wrestlers more female wrestlers and they should try to um like like what they did with with um with cody did with the tnt title he like how the way he always had uh, new contenders for it, and he was an open title match. So people were coming out from outside, from the indies and stuff like that, and other organizations. You know, when when Thunder Rosa made her announcement that she was going to come and challenge it, I thought that was great. I wouldn't mind seeing someone else from another organization outside of AEW to come in and do it. You know, maybe someone from AAA or CMLL or from ROH. Or from another uh, small-time promotion, you know? Yeah, he established a title. Yeah. So, but that, that's my negative thing. Um, well, if you, if you, can I add one more negative? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. It's, it's okay. Uh, you remember back in the days, during WCW days, was uh, every time they get a new superstar from their WWE, mm-hmm. they give him a title shot. Yeah. Or they push him so fast. It's like, oh, he automatically gets, he's like, no, yeah. United States champion suddenly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this case, it actually—I—I I ho- I was hoping they didn't do it. Right. Instead, they actually ended up doing it. Mm. Is when uh, uh, the tag team division. Ah. When the uh, you know. FT- 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 FTW. Yeah, FTR. The revival. F- F- yeah. Sorry, FTR. Yeah. The revival came, and they're organically the butcher and the the butcher and the blade were coming up, and it's like they just got passed over. For the title, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I was like, "What? Why are you doing? They just got here. Yeah, they're having a feud already." And 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 butcher the blade, kind of organically built the crowd up. It was like, well, it was, 
now you're skipping over them with something you guys built in-house that was organic. It's, mm-hmm. it's, instead, you know, everybody like, oh, we want to see Young Buck versus the Revival. So yeah. It's possible, you know. But it wasn't organic. It was like, we are in that, I understand all that, but... Right, right, right. It, but in-house, the Butcher and the Blade had a great build. Yeah, had, they did. They had, they had organic storyline. They were good heels. Mm-hmm. And they, they were in there, you know, day in, day out. Originally, they are the Revival. They're like, oh... <laughs> it's, it's ironic. Yeah, they, they are the revival in AEW, mm. and now they're being passed over for the revival. Yeah. So I, I thought that was I thought it was horrendous what they did there. It was it's the, when a new star from WWE comes in, mm. push over the one that you're working on. Yeah. It's, 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 it seems like the butcher and the blade was getting more over than the revival. Mm-hmm. And I would rather see the revival versus the young bucks. To be honest. Yeah. Now it's uh, yeah, it's kind of that that motif. Uh, I, I did not like that. Yeah. Uh, piggybacking from you, um, the one thing uh, from from negative to positive, the one thing that I did that I do think that AEW did really good this year, the, the, for the first year, was establishing new wrestlers, like introducing the world to these new wrestlers. Like for like example, Orange Cassidy. No one. Ne- like no one who was like a hardcore wrestling fan you know who never pay attention to the indies and stuff like that no one never heard of this guy became a huge overnight success Jurassic Express all three of them no one never knew about them now they became like, like you know fan favorite private party no one's never seen them unless if you went to the indie shows in New York went to that tournament Beated the Young Bucks became an overnight success. Oh, yeah. yeah, same thing with the Butcher and the Blade. Same thing with the Dark Order. Eddie Kingston recently. Eddie Kingston, especially um, if you actually go on YouTube, that promo that got him that shot at W at, at AEW. You know, and and also too, like like I said, Ben Carter. Like you know. Th- uh, you see all these wrestlers that you've never heard of that maybe if you were an indie fan or a hardcore wrestling fan and pay attention to the to to wrestling then you would know who these people were but for the casual fans it's just like you know oh my god i've never heard of these people and now they become fans of them you know yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I, I i think that's really good uh, i think that's that's one of the positive things that i think i can say about AEW that they they they're opening the floodgates to peop- to to the casual wrestling fan. Hey, there's more to it than just WWE. There's more to it than just us as well. You have all these people who wrestle all over the world, and, and you know either the independents or other wrestling organizations. You know, um, like for example, Thunder Rosa. Nobody didn't know who Thunder Rosa was outside of the outside of mainstream. And nobody didn't know who or what was NWA. Uh, what the rapper? No, no, no. no uh, National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, see, nobody didn't know who Thunder Rosa was or the NWA. Now, 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 people are like, you know, okay, is she on? You know, is she is, like? When's the next episode of NWA gonna be on? Is she gonna be on the wrestling? See, they're doing they're doing this they're doing this and with also the rumors that AEW might start a partnership with New Japan 
that would open up the gates more. So. Well, yeah, like WCW days. They're pretty much WCWing. But in a positive note. Well, it was positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, NWA Japan, and the mm-hmm. we call it, uh, NWA Japan came out. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, those were the 90s. Yeah, expect. Collision Korea. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so what What about you, Cats? What's the, what's the one negative thing you, you, you have for AEW about this entire year? Um, not having a re- not having a redemptive story between the uh, um uh, 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 for their losers, I guess their ultimate losers. Like usually, like in WWE, they would have some sort of redemptive thing, but sometimes, most of the time, it just. I have yet to see one, you know, between uh, the librarian Peter Avalon and uh, <laughs> Brian Cutler. Brian Cutler. I mean, at least turn that into to, to a major pay-per-view event because their first match of the Battle of the Losers, they both, in, in a sense, lost because there was a count-out. <laughs> so there's no winner. They got to do it again. They are. But also, but also um, if they have, you know, wrestlers who, who turn out to be big old losers, um, you know, catapult, you can have a possibility of catapulting them up to some type of glory. And they have yet to do that because we got two big ones, and all they did so far was a draw, as a countout. But that still means they lost because nobody won. Turn that into. I mean, a, I understand. Yeah, but that's their angle, though. Yeah, yeah but still, that's... turn that turn that into a a, a pay per view match of the of the ages and see, and turn that into some gold right there. Make it a five star match. The first person to lose wins. <laughs> hey, God. <laughs> You tell that to Meltzer, Meltzer would think, ah, that's crazy. And I wouldn't be surprised to be like, yeah, I'll give it a five star match. I mean, so I'm still waiting for, I'm still waiting for blood and guts. We might as well settle with some ingenuity here. Actually, <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad match. Yeah. You had oh. to beat the guy so bad where where you had to pull him over your body and pin you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put that in a blood and guts match. Woo! <laughs> five stars. No, but that's the angle. That's the story. Yeah, yeah. I know, but... Uh... I call it the Bushwhacker motif. <laughs> <laughs> you go out there entertaining and don't win. <laughs> uh... Uh, we're losing the crowd. Send George Ammo Steel. Uh, rip on the turnbuckles. <laughs> what happened? Um, uh, nobody won. Ref threw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay so here's another question okay so many matches going on uh, through throughout AEW what will you consider to be their best and their worst match they had so far in this in in, in their first year well there's no bad matches really uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I give you the the most memorable okay would be like Chris Jericho versus Moxley when he finally lost the title to him that's mm-hmm. probably the most iconic match. Yeah. It wasn't a great match, but it was one of those iconic ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the other one would be like the Lucha Bros versus the Page and, and Omega. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That tag team match was like was brutal. I mean, innovations. Mm-hmm. Who, who thought the Lucha's Libra style and the uh, 
Canadian American style. It works so well, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we had some like, you know, it's funny. They organically had a super heavyweight. Um, just because he, it, was, it was with this match with the, um, God, it's with uh, the Luchasaurus, mm-hmm. uh, Jungle Boy, and uh, what's his name, Marco Polo. Marco, oh, Marco, Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt, yeah. Mm. I, against the uh, shoot, I forgot the name again. I forgot the name. But SEU, was, the Dark Order. Yeah, it was the Dark Order. Uh-huh. My God. It was that match, and to showcase Luchasaurus was the star, and everybody thought Jungle Boy would be the star. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Luchasaurus would be like a muscle, and Shawn Michaels would be Jungle Boy. Yeah. Yeah. It was the reverse. Everybody <laughs> loved Luchasaurus more. Mm-hmm. So, it, it was just surprising. Yeah. And, and then, obviously, it would be like, one match in a stadium because of COVID. Oh, <laughs> the, the stampede. Uh. Yeah. Uh, uh, where um, where Jeff Hardy? Well, the the, the Matt Hardy match was was brilliant. Yeah, but they should have stopped it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, kudos to them. That yeah. was memorable because it was yeah concussion. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, th- and th- yeah, this one didn't count because it was. Prior to the year starting, mm-hmm. the Kenny Omega versus you know the champion. Oh, Moxley, full gear. The unsanctioned yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah. That was. It didn't count because it wasn't fully started yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's probably my top matches I, I could think of right now. Mm. I would count the women's. The women's thing was just thrown out the window. It's just kind of dumb, to be honest. To be honest, great wrestlers. They know what to do with it. Yeah. Me, I think there was like maybe at least one or two women's matches I would say that were actually pretty good. Yeah, the, the last one. <laughs> the one between, uh, uh, what's her name? From Tijuana. Rosa and... Oh, Thunder Rosa. The other one, Martin, cut, oh, and Martinez. And, mm-hmm. Was it Martinez? No, the one from Puerto Rico. Oh, um... Diamante or Ivelisse? Yeah, Ivelisse. Yeah, Ivelisse. Yeah. That it became a shoot match, in a, in, but it looked real. Yeah. Everybody thought it was a shoot. Turns out it wasn't. Yeah. It was just you know, well planned. Mm-hmm. It was like a man. Thunder Rosa is just a natural, and so is Eva Elise. Yeah. She's a veteran, so I thought that should have been the main event for the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not uh, Hikaru versus uh, Hikaru's good, but don't, they can't find a contender for her. Yeah. And uh, they try and push uh, Thunder Rosa to her right now. And it's kind of obvious, but they don't, chemistry-wise, they don't have a great rivalry yet. Yeah. They're trying to build that, yeah. But, um... And they inadvertently found one between her and Eva Lee. They should, they should keep on going with that, to be honest. Yeah. I'm surprised they still haven't even signed Eva Lee or Diamante. They should. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, um... The, the, the matches that I thought that were really good. Um... For example... The Pac versus uh, Orange Cassidy. No one ever saw that match. That was a good match. No one didn't see that coming, and I think that was the match that made that that put Cassidy on the map. Was that where his first victory? No, that was when he uh, broke character and he was rolling, and then he saw Pac, and then they were both laughing. Uh. Yeah, um, like that one was good. Um. 
went back to his old um, gimmick. Yeah. Rapid fire. Mm -hmm. Fire ant. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, for example, and then also another one, uh, Cody going against um, Kingston. It was like a good old fashioned, you know, uh, AJPW, old school wrestling, Japanese wrestling. Um, that you know, it was classic. No, no, no high flying or anything like that. Just straight, you know, hard hitting, strong style, you know. Matt wrestling really good, um, and um, and I think also to the um, John Moxley and Brody Lee match because I think that match right there solidified what WWE could have done with Brody and Moxley and Moxley. Mm-hmm. I think. Cody. Oh yeah, it it just showed right there. It's like yeah, both the uh, Cody versus Moxley and no Moxley versus uh, Brody, and then Brody versus Cody. Um, I'm gonna be honest. This year was really good for Brody Lee. He he needed something like this. He showed off what he can do, and I think WWE now is just kicking themselves and saying, "What did we? Like, where did we go wrong with them?" Oh, we had writers. <laughs> well, that and the fact they wanted to, they wanted to give a guy from from upstate New York um, southern a southern accent, and he even says, "I can't do a southern accent." And it turns out he can do a certain accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny part. Yeah. <laughs> and I think okay, all right. And then uh, one more question before we call it a night. Okay. You know, there's been a pretty pretty good amount of factions and stuff like that. Like, which faction surprised you this year? I know which faction sucks the most. Okay. <laughs> Let me give you the first faction that sucked the most. Okay. <laughs> Andy with Brandy sucks. Nightmare Collective. I don't know what she's doing now. I don't know. What's she doing with Ali? Oh, the Nightmare Sisters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, like, every time you fail... Like the next month, you reset, it's like nothing happens. You just shaved the girl's hand on TV for something. <laughs> With the no. Nightmare Collective. Yeah. And then suddenly she keeps like, oh, this one's not doing good. I'm not good as a bad guy. I should go back as like a, I'm going to be independent star. And like, oh, whatever. You're married to Cody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do got talent, but come on. At least go through the storyline. You made a girl shave her head. Right. For the storyline. And not like going anything with it. Mm-hmm. Or she took. He took the bunny away from the Butch and the Blade. They were all good together, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And now you got the Nightmare Sisters. Uh, is there a tag team championship belt coming soon? I don't know. There's rumor that they might be. Yeah, it's like, it's obvious you guys are doing it, but it's you don't have a tag team division yet. Women's tag team division. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'd say that's only faction negative. It's like, ones that don't pan out and they end it too soon mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's kind of like the uh, elite they all stood together yeah. I think that's probably the best faction even though it's some core that's even good storyline faction the elite's probably the best right right now they're in what inner turmoil now yeah they kicked out yeah. uh, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega's going solo 
Yeah, basically, what they they did the same thing when they did it when they were in Bullet Club with the New Japan. Yeah, it's also the Bret Hart, Hart yeah. Foundation thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was Bret and I Hart, and then uh, Bret became single, and then the New Hart Foundation became Owen and and I Hart, and then and suddenly uh, Bret became a champion again, and then like the bad guys to click. Mm-hmm. So he brought his brother-in-laws together, became the Hart Foundation with Brian Pillman. Yeah, <laughs> and then the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, what about you, Cats? What, what do you think is the best faction so far? Hmm. I would have to say, uh, especially since the, you know they came out of nowhere, the Dark Order. I thought they were just. Well, it's not like st- three factions. Oh, I'm, no, no, I'm just saying they started off with a stupid little gimmick, and they just showed that they were growing and growing little by little, and growing and growing and growing and growing, and then they threw in the, like, what was their leader before it was uh, Brody revealed? Brody. No, no, before it was revealed, like the sovereign, uh-huh. and then that brought people into like, who the hell's the sovereign? Like, we want to know who this sovereign person is, and they thought it was Christopher Daniels, but it wasn't, mm. and then they kept on going and going and going, and then all of a sudden. It's Brody Lee. Ah, yeah. the build-up for for that crew. Fisher, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, much. I mean the build-up for such a like a petty little crew to something you know big time. Um, yeah, they 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 just they they deserve uh, you know to be my uh, I guess best pick so far for the uh, best faction. Are you doing faction or teams? No, faction. My, my favorite team is... To be honest, my favorite... Uh, okay. And my, it's not a faction, it's a team. Mm. The best friends with Orange Cassidy is my favorite team. Yeah. <laughs> and then followed by, you know, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. No, Jurassic, Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express. Yeah. Okay. I, no, uh, I, don't like, I don't like that name. Look at Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy sounds good. Mm-hmm. It's like a cartoon in the making. A boy and his dinosaur. <laughs> Yeah. It was it was pet human. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That, that one's good. <laughs> no, but for me, faction, uh, I would have to say um, the Dark Order. Yeah, they started out not that great, but they and but with uh, slowly building up with this whole sovereign thing, and then. Um, the dark, the the, the or the, you know the leader and everything, and then when they brought in Brody Lee, it just like clicked from there. And then you had uh, Silver, my God, Silver! Like if you watch uh, Be the Elite, Silver is just like the funniest. Like no, I did not know that this guy had great acting chops, selling and everything like that. And he's a great wrestler. And um, they you both got an upset win. Yeah, they got an upset win, and they also. They both got recently got uh, contracts for AEW, so I just think that that was just really great for them. Um, best team, um, I, I would say the best friends with uh, Orange Cassidy. Um, never saw it coming. I just never saw that coming. Um, Jurassic Express is really good. Private Party is the one that I, I personally like myself because. They just they came out of nowhere. Never saw them. My God, they just like click. They they just clicked on me since day one, and I was just like, yeah, I'm really big fans of them. Really are big fans yeah. of them. It's funny, you know, I, my, my, the other tag team I like the most is the heel team, you know, pushing a blade. Yeah, I think they go far. I think they could go far. So 
best friend versus Butch and Blade should be like a main event one day. Yeah. But, but so nobody can put the inner circle in the don't, top faction of the year. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, okay, the inner circle is pretty good. This inner circle is really good, but they're. They're, they're really the elite, and the elite's more like the inner circle. Yeah. The, the irony, <laughs> the name. Yeah. Uh, who do we expect? You know, you got the go to ball. Okay, so there we go. Thank you guys so much well, for. Hmm? Can I do one more positive? Just yeah. Because we, we totally forgot about this one person that made a big difference. Huh. Dustin Reynolds. Yeah. Go. Mm hmm. Oh, and yeah. And. Dropped the ball on him so much. Oh, yeah. He should have been heavyweight champion already. Yeah. Oh, and also Audrey Edwards. Yeah. I, I believe that too. Yeah. She's a great, yeah. She's a great yeah. That's why. And a game that, designer. Yep. Uh, you know. That's why they have her nickname. You know. Uh, female. Uh, Earl. Female Hefner. No, that's not what we call her. Hmm. What do you call her? I call the rep with the best orgasmic look of all time. Like she's when she says two, and she's like, "Oh my god, two! Are you having an orgasm?" Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's why a lot of guys like her because she she sells it. Like that close call count. Yeah. It's like virtual organ. Like whoa. Yeah. That is close. Your selling as a rep is better than a lot of the reps in WWE. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So there we go. Part of the show. She's yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Red Shoe Shoots. I hope you guys have a wonderful time with us. Um, and also Omega Kai, he has a new podcast. Uh, give a quick plug before time runs out for us. <laughs> My CVS extra care card is about to expire. I'll read an email again. Okay, but <laughs> I'm just doing a podcast on men's health and mm-hmm. reviews on Instagrammers, you know, models and cosplayers, and also the adult industry. Mm-hmm. And same time promoting men's, you know, sexual health. All right. It's something I'm, you know, the older people don't want to talk about, but I'm willing to talk about it. All right. I feel like everybody's being staunch, left or right nowadays. And I think it's just being sexually frustrated. <laughs> All right. So, hey, okay. let's go somewhere. All right. So once we once uh once he gets it up and running, we'll let you guys know about it. Okay. So until then, I'm blocked. And don't, don't, don't sugarcoat it for me. I'm not sugarcoating. I was blocked. I was blocked on Facebook for some political stuff. All right. Say what? Ah. Right. Well, it's time's well, on. You know, Anti Kanye waste, you know, stuff. <laughs> I hate him. All right. Okay, so without further ado, right. <laughs> okay. so I am Captain Katz. On behalf of Captain Katz, uh, we are Katz and Omega Kai. Thank you guys so much. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful time. Next week, we'll tell you guys the final results of G1 Climax. And also, hang in there, stay safe, be, be good to each other out there, and keep watching wrestling. Until then, take care. Yo-ho!